Hello, everybody, and welcome to the ninth episode of the Goal to Go kickoff show. Yes, as we are back from the bye week of LSU and the non-bye week of the Saints, and we are here to preview those games. Yes, I said this would be later, but frankly, I don't want to do this exam right now, and I need something that gets my brain energy going so that I can do that thing well. Well is a relative term. Let's hope it goes better than last time. And speaking of things that I hope go better than last time, that's Saints-Buccaneers game. Because in terms of injuries, uh, um, here's the thing. So, Saints play the Falcons this week. Let's take a look at the final injury report. Um, because it's definitely important to look at that. There are a couple of guys that I think we know are out. Uh, for today, or for this upcoming week, uh, should be up here, in fact, here it is, so, uh, for this week, we've already, let's just look at the, uh, injuries, so, Jameis Winston, he's out for the season, Carl Granderson, he's got a shoulder injury, he's out, Ty Montgomery, he's got a hamstring injury, he's out, uh, Two guys with designations. So Malcolm Jenkins has a knee thing. He's questionable. He was limited in practice on Thursday and Friday. He did not practice Wednesday. And then Peyton Turner has a calf thing. He was limited in practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. He is also listed as questionable. The other guys that were listed on the injury report, Dwayne Washington, running back. He has a neck thing. He was limited on Wednesday but was full the past two days. Uh, Taysom Hill, he's been limited. He was limited on Wednesday, full practice Still with that concussion, he's going to play. He's going to have uh, about the same role he, you might expect. It's going to be more like a 2QB thing. Uh, Teron Armstead, he's been limited all three days. He's got a groin uh, injury. Marshawn Lattimore, his hand, he's been full practice. Uh, for the Falcons, by the way, just double-check that. Calvin Ridley, he's on the non-injury-related uh, list. He's taking time off. He's got some mental health stuff he's got to deal with. He's going to be unavailable for the Falcons for at least three weeks uh, because of the designation. So he's going to be out this week, you know, next couple games. Uh, Jonathan Bullard, he's got a concussion. He is out as well. He's a defensive tackle. Russell Gage, he's got a groin injury. He was limited on Wednesday, full practice Thursday, Friday, no game status. Um, speaking of guys who have a status, Trevor Simeon's the starting quarterback for the Saints on uh, Sunday. Taysom probably wasn't going to be named that because of the whole concussion thing and the fact that they want to try and bring him in on certain situations. Plus, Trevor Simeon at least showed that he could kind of execute the offense. Like, well enough. And that's important. Is that with the way the Saints are working right now, with our quarterback situation, you need to be able to at least execute the offense. And if you can do that at a competent level then we should be able to at least score some points. This is a team that heavily lives and dies by its defense, and it's very scary to see. I don't like it when a team is living and dying by the defense. Like, no. That's bad. That's very bad. But the Saints have managed to pull to a 5-2 and two record. And look, I've said this now multiple times, but... Sean Payton and Dennis Allen are, are dragging this team kicking and screaming to a 10-7 and seven record. That's how it looks. Like, this team is not... This team should, in theory, be 6-1. and one. Like, in theory, this team should not have as many losses as they do, and yet somehow they also shouldn't have as many wins as they do. 
Like, the Giants game, we shat the bed, and we should have won that game. The rest of them, I still don't know how we've won certain games. I don't know how we beat the Packers. Packers just did not play well in that game. Uh, everything was just a complete and utter mess for them, and we had that. Um, against the Patriots, it was mistakes. It was, you know, third start for a rookie quarterback. Against Washington, Blake Gillikin was our MVP. And P.J. Williams, you know, got a pick in which uh, Taylor Heineke just forgot that, you know, there's a man named P.J. Williams. He plays football. I don't know. It seems to be a problem with quarterbacks because that's how he got a pick six on Brady. Because, you know, Brady doesn't play well against the Saints. See, here's the thing I forgot. Brady doesn't do well against us. Even in the divisional round, he didn't have... what you might call, like, a great game. Yes, and by the way, against the Saints on Sunday, yes, Brady threw for 375 yards and uh, I think, like, what, three, four touchdowns? He also got sacked multiple times, had a fumble, and he had two picks. Not exactly a great game, especially by Brady's standards. Some of the problems that uh, came out in that game were just blown coverages, especially, like, Malcolm Jenkins, not Malcolm Jenkins, who am I getting? Uh, Marshawn Lattimore. He lost the battle to Mike Evans in that game with that touchdown on which, uh, you know, Lattimore got flagged for pass interference and it was still a touchdown. He got beat uh, on a ball that Brady overthrew by like 10 yards um, because of one stiff arm. Mike Evans won that battle. And with... Now you got Malcolm Jenkins questionable. It's going to be interesting to see what the Falcons do against us. Here's what's weird. I haven't actually been, like, that anticipating this game. Like, usually Falcons hate weeks big and all, but the Falcons just aren't that good. Like, I was really ready for the Bucks game. I think that's the problem with the rivalry, is that the teams need to be on equal footing. Or either they need to be on equal footing, or, like, you know, it's usually more heated when one team is better. Like, back when we were bad and the Falcons were bad, yeah, I just wanted to beat them. But right now, we're good and the Falcons are blah. Like, they lost to a Panthers team that just should not have been able to beat them. And the thing is that scares me is that I actually have the Saints losing this game. And the main reason for that is that it's our down week. Like, if you've seen the way we've yo-yoed throughout this season, this is the week we played down. We've had problems with the Falcons in the past where we've randomly played down to them where we've lost games we definitely shouldn't have because the Falcons did this, that, or the other. Now, not having Calvin Ridley isn't going to help your game, but Cordero Patterson exists, and he's their X factor. He's the guy I'm worried about. This guy can play wide receiver, and he can play running back, and he can return kickoffs. He is dynamic. He is a very good player, and I don't know how we're going to handle him because now it's the first time in his career that Cordero Patterson has actually found a role on offense and not just being the return guy. Um, and he's good at it. Like, he's really good at it. He is listed as a running back, but he can also, you know, he's still got the wide receiver abilities, and he's got that speed. Like, it's, honestly, this is my thing. With the Bucks having Cyril Grayson, how has he not caught but two passes? How have you not gotten the ball to him on a jet sweep? The dude runs a 4-3-40. It's inexcusable. 
with Cordero Patterson, now he's been in the league for like, what, nearly a decade? And finally somebody realized, hey, wait, this guy that runs really fast can run really fast and no one can catch him. Maybe we should use him. Oh, would you look at that? The Falcons were going to come into, uh, are coming into this week, you know, awful loss. But prior to that, they had a three-game win streak after starting 0-3. Yeah, that's pretty good. And it's not like they were playing absolute trash, though. They also weren't exactly playing the best teams, if I recall correctly. It was, their three wins came against the, okay, they came against the Jets and the, okay, they weren't actually coming in on a three-game win streak. I'm just wrong about things on a consistent basis, because they had lost to Washington. They, they beat the Giants, then they lost to Washington, beat the Jets and the Dolphins, who are terrible, lost to the Panthers, so this isn't actually helping matters. Uh, the Falcons aren't that good. Problem is, the Falcons are also weird against the Saints when they're not that good. Like, the Falcons shouldn't be not that good, but the Saints can just play off. Trevor Simeon can look like an absolute idiot out there, and we could lose this game. I'm not saying we we are going to do this, but it's just that weird feeling I have of not having seen the Saints play two consecutive games uh, looking good. They still haven't done that this year. They had a good game to start, and then against the Panthers, they fell apart. What I've noticed with the Saints is that there's really one way they can win games. Because, and especially thinking back to the Giants game, the things that I expected the Saints to be able to do to the Giants, they were unable to do, and that's how the Giants won. I thought that the Giants were going to play undisciplined. They had zero penalties. I thought that they'd probably give up some sacks. No pass rush, zero sacks for either team, by the way. And they didn't turn the ball over. Now, the Panthers... They did turn the ball over when we played them, but we turned the ball over more times, so didn't help matters. Um, they also managed to protect their quarterback and then get the ball out. For the Falcons, their main keys to winning this game, what I think, it's why I'm hesitant about this prediction, but again, I still haven't seen the Saints play two consecutive games that look good. If they do it this week, I'll be very happy. It's what I'm hoping they do, but I'm just not exactly prepared for it because they haven't shown me it. I want them to show me because they're now, you're now halfway through the season. You're not halfway through the season. Not halfway through it in terms of games, but I'm talking about weeks and you still have not seen the Saints put together two consecutively good performances. Yes, they now have back-to-back wins. That game against the Seahawks was terrible. We were like, what, 2 of 13 on third down? Really? And we had to win the game because of two missed field goals. And a missed offensive pass interference probably derailed. We're not going to get into that. That's just going to be my annoying thing for the whole year. Because, um, you know, I have to have that. Uh, maybe we can do it. Probably should be able to do it. Uh, what the Saints need to do is they need to force turnovers. That's number one. You have to have positive turnover differential. I think it can't even be zero. I think it needs to be positive. You need to force them. Uh, You need to get sacks on Matt Ryan. So force pressure on Matt Ryan. Get him to the ground. You've done it before. Though last year that stopped becoming... It wasn't as much the case in the second game we played against the Falcons. Um, Because the first game we played against the Falcons, Matt Ryan was on his ass 
a lot. I think it was eight sacks we had. The second game when we were in Atlanta, Matt Ryan didn't get sacked as much and we couldn't get as much pressure. The difference between those games was that Matt Ryan wasn't taking, uh, he wasn't pumping twice. Every single time he pumped that ball, it was the pressure would get into him. And that's what kept happening. It happened against him on Thanksgiving in 2019. Um, so now you got this. This game. I don't know if we're going to see the same uh, Matt Ryan and Falcons team that we saw in the second game or the first. If it's the first, he's going to get sacked a ton of times. They're going to need to have a lot of short passes, which I think they'll do. Um, especially, you know, you have Cordero Patterson in there. You use a short pass to him, and then you try and get him in open uh, space. Because uh, the Saints not being able to use a 100% Malcolm Jenkins is not going to help. You saw this past week with uh, C.J. Garner-Johnson. Yes, he had that pick, but he also kept getting burnt and burnt and burnt and burnt. He was having... He could have tackles that would just get broken. Uh... He would take, like, one step, misstep, and then, boom, there goes Chris uh, Godwin. Those kinds of issues, they might start targeting C.J. Garner-Johnson, especially in, like, that slot. Um, That's where I think the Falcons are going to have to do it to win the game. And the thing is, I don't necessarily think they're going to win this. But the Saints have not proven to me that they are capable of playing two good games in a row, and when it's the Falcons, if they're playing a decent game, they will beat you. If they prove it to me, I will have a lot more confidence. Again, I just couldn't do that for my prediction. I think the Saints should win. Like, they better win. This would be a very bad loss, especially coming off of what you just did. The defense has to step it up. The offense has to look competent. So, Sean... You need to bring out that play calling that you have against the Falcons, like the consistently good one. Yeah, you tend to do that. Yeah, don't bring out the one you brought against the Falcons in 2019 when we lost. Because that was an embarrassment of a game. Seriously, like, I was at that game and I was like, what the hell are we doing? What the hell are we doing? And we cannot look like that, but I'm worried that we will. I will say, Saints are probably going to be a healthy mix of Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill. Uh, Hill's going to come in there on a few drives. Uh, I don't think he's going to be like one full drive of Taysom Hill. Well, actually, no. I actually think we could see that. I don't think it's going to be like 80-20 Trevor Simeon to Taysom Hill. I think it's going to be closer to like 70-30-65-35. You're going to see a lot of Trevor Simeon. But Taysom Hill is going to be in there a pretty consistent amount. Not just, by the way, for run plays. It's also going to be throwing the ball. It's also going to be in there for, like, two-thirds of a drive. Like we saw it against the Patriots, where they just pulled out Jameis Winston, put in Taysom Hill, and they never put Winston back in. They just kept giving the ball, giving the ball, giving the ball, keeping him in there, having him run, just those kinds of things. I think that's a very interesting wrinkle and a dynamic that the Saints' offense had been missing since he'd been gone. Now, we have won every single game there. Those three games, we've won them. But, he added that dimension that we definitely need to beat better teams. This team isn't as good, the Falcons, but they're not a pushover. They never have been, they never will be. They're the biggest rival we got. 
We have to beat them. I don't know if we can because we still haven't put together two consecutively good performances, but if the offense performs at a competent level, and I say competent because you have, like, because getting all this stuff installed is really tough, and you can put up 24 points, I feel like that should be a comfortable level. If the offense, you know, if in general, because I say in general, let's be honest, the defense could easily score a touchdown at this rate. Um, if we put up 24 points against the Falcons, I feel like we should be good enough to win it. 24 points with the way this Saints defense has played all year should be enough to beat a team like the Falcons, whose offense just has not performed at the level that it needs to, because Matt Ryan, he has he has kind of looked like a shell of his former self. He has had his good games, uh, like, for example, I think it was the game against, uh, who was it? It was against, like, the Jets or something? That's the Jets. So, yeah. Now, the other side of this. Do I have to talk about this? I I was doing this podcast before my test because I wanted to reduce stress. And I just realized that I'm talking about LSU football right now. And that's the exact opposite of reducing stress. So, the good news is I'm watching this game with zero expectation of us winning. I'm watching this game like last year's, only worse. Actually, no. Last year, I wanted us to get our ass kicked. This year, I don't know what the hell I'm watching for. Seriously, I got no reason to watch this game, and I'm still going to put four hours into this. I don't even know how I'm going to, like, prevent myself from getting angry. Like, honestly, at this point, my goal, my one thing that I want to do, is I want to have Nick Saban angry at his defense, and not because they made a mistake, but because they got outdone on one play. One play. Just one play. Just to use the old John Calipari quote, quote, I want him to uncross his legs. One damn play. Here's the thing. You're playing Alabama and you're 30-point underdogs. I don't care at all. Throw every trick play you have out there. I don't care. I want Cade York throwing a... I want Cade York just throwing a quick pass. Okay? I want fake punts. I want onside kicks. I want trick plays up the wazoo. I don't care. You're playing Alabama, the best damn team in the SEC West. Do whatever you can and have fun out there. That's the other thing. You're going to get your asses kicked. That's just the way it's going to be at this point. We have no chance. And I said this about Florida, but Florida sucks and Todd Grantham isn't a good defensive coordinator. Um, Alabama has Nick Saban, who is competent to say the least. He does not let his team get down and make stupid-ass mistakes. If he gets beat, it's because of better play by the other team or something stupid in special teams. Hey, what do you know? It was something stupid in special teams. Just giving up kickoff returns really sucks, man. But, like, for LSU, I just want to keep it... This is my goal. So, in 1922... LSU lost to Alabama 44-3. That's the worst loss Alabama's ever handed LSU. I want us to keep it that way. Okay? Because this is 100 seasons since Alabama had its largest victory over LSU. And they want to beat that record. They probably don't know about that record, but they want to beat it. Because this is the first time they're playing us in Bryant-Denny Stadium since we beat them. They don't like us. They're doing the presentation of the 2011 National Championship rings. Uh, they're honoring them. Uh, they're also honoring the uh, men's basketball team who won the SEC tournament. Uh, both of those games were over LSU. 
So you can tell there was a theme there. Yeah. Um, they want to beat the crap out of us, and they're going to do it. Our defense doesn't exist. Who do we have as defensive starters? Mason Smith, who's like the only guy like we basically had. He was on crutches. How is the entire defense injured? We've signed like, what, eight five-stars uh, since like 2018 or 2019. Zero of them are going to actually play against Bama. Now, one of them is Eric Gilbert, and he's got his own stuff. But, like, none of them are playing against Alabama. Really? And it goes to show you, you know, how bad we are. I don't know. Some of that's due to injury. Some of that's due to John Emery's whole issue. But, yeah. And, by the way, Coach O, in a press conference, he uh, basically was taught, like, he was asked about, like, what the problems are, and basically, the offense is too pedestrian, like, we're too predictable. Yeah. Yeah, I've said this since day one of, since game one, that other teams could dictate to us. When we beat Florida by spamming counter 14 times, that's not a good thing. That's not something that tells you you have a run game. It tells you that Florida's stupid. How can you even think that's sustainable? You had 147 yards against Kentucky. Cool. If you look it up, a lot of that was in garbage time, and a lot of that was while you were down by three scores. So, I don't know what to tell you. That's just not good enough. Coaching better not look like complete and utter crap. Because right now, I'm really pissed off at Coach O. Here's why. So, I don't remember the guy's name. I think it's like Aaron Anderson or something. He's a five-star recruit. He's a wide receiver. He just flipped his decision from LSU to Alabama. He said then in an interview that he was uh, he got a promise from Coach O and the coaching staff that if... They got fired. He would flip his decision. He could flip his decision from LSU to Alabama. Which, first of all, that doesn't make you sound like you're committed to LSU if you're so quick and willing to switch your recruiting. Um, but also, who the hell makes that kind of deal? Really, Ed? No, just no. That is grounds to be fired. That's a fireable offense. No, that's. That's putting your job and ransoming it for a recruit, which is inexcusable. You cannot do that. He's not coaching like he cares, and frankly, why would he? He knows that he's gone because he already signed that settlement agreement. A lot of the assistants know they're gone because there ain't no way they're going to stay around after all this crap. You got Miles Brennan now transferring, which granted, for him, that's I'm 100% behind that because he's been screwed by bad luck. Like... Once he finally was ready to start, he got injured. And then this year, ready to start, got injured again. They said they were going to have to name... Uh, when he got this hip injury, they said they were going to probably name the surgical procedure after him because it was that rare. Yeah, when you're told that the surgical procedure that you're going to have to undergo might be named after you, you are very much on the bad side of luck. So I wish everything good for him. He deserves it. He is so damn talented, and it is a shame to waste that kind of talent um, and to be screwed by Lady Luck like that. It's just an absolute and utter. It's just sad, man. It just makes me sad. Like, really, very sad. And so will watching LSU get their asses kicked by Alabama once again. 
just, why, why do I do this to myself, I ask. But then I remember one good thing. Basketball season is here. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. LSU basketball season is around the corner. It comes to us on Tuesday. We play two games. Play against Nichols and uh, women's basketball plays Nichols at 11 a.m. And then the men's team's got a game against ULM at 7 o'clock. And, like, I'm in talks right now because I got I'm doing a project on parking and all. And, um, yeah, let's just say that I'm going to need to work the men's game. Now, not, like, in a normal capacity, but it's like, you know, talking to people outside of it is going to be a pretty cool deal. Um, yeah. I'm kind of excited for that. Kind of excited just, uh, actually did an interview today. Um, this whole thing, by the way, I'm probably going to post it, like, on a separate YouTube channel from the normal stuff, mainly because, you know, uh, my normal stuff and my newsy stuff should be different. Why would they be on the same channel? They're completely separate vibes of me. Um, but yeah, so that's a thing. I'm working on it as a final project that y'all probably will enjoy hearing, you know, and Oh, God, you're going to have to see my face. That's going to be a bad decision. Who cares? You know what? I need to do some stuff. Like, upload this. And finish this. So, let's do that now. Thank you so much for listening to this whole thingy. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do for basketball season. Because I'm going to a lot of games. I'm going to a lot of games. There will be times where I have to change around a recording schedule. Because I'm going to games. Thursday games are going to be fun. Because... I'm trying to go to every men's basketball game that I can, and if it's a men's basketball game against a team that I've never seen, it's on the list. So yeah. So Thursdays and Fridays might get a little weird. But that's all I gotta say about that. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But we've come to the end of this episode. So if you want to find me on Twitter, uh, I'll probably be talking a lot more about basketball there, especially weird stuff. Um... Find me at capital B-E-N, capital S, capital L, capital A, capital S, P-O-R-T-S. Um, yeah. This has been the Goal to Go Kickoff Show. Uh, don't forget, two-point conversion episodes coming out on Sunday and Monday. Those are the days following the LSU and Saints games. So, yeah. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. I know I won't because of LSU, uh, unless they win. But until next time, I've been Ben Schluter. It's been the Goal to Go kickoff show. Hope your weekend goes pretty fantastically. And until next time, bye bye.